it's a phenomenal place and once you're there you're just in love with it it's just no words to explain it Welcome to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast, a look behind the scenes of the fly fishing world, featuring insight from guides and gear reps, conversation with resort managers, thoughts on entomology, discussions on fly patterns and destinations, and plenty of fish stories. Most importantly, it's an exploration of this lifelong journey we call fly fishing. Here is your host, Mark Hopley, with this episode of Fly Fishing 97. Welcome to this edition of Fly Fishing 97. Today we're pleased to welcome Granger Bertrand to the program. Now Granger is the one of the owners at Fortress Lake Wilderness Retreat in beautiful uh, British Columbia and Granger, thanks for joining us today. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you taking the time out. I know you guys are probably gearing up for the fishing and uh, kind of hiking season. Uh, when does your season start at, up at Fortress? Well, basically, uh, we go in uh, the last week of May, generally, to open up the, the resort and uh, take first bookings uh, beginning of June. So have you been up that way yet, or is it still still probably a little too much snow, right, as we speak? We're up, we're up here about a month and a half ago to shovel snow. we got to go up once or twice depending upon the snow load to shovel snow off some of the roofs and uh, just uh, confirm everything's in good shape uh, yeah we're just waiting we're hoping um, right around the 28th to 30th of may we'll be going in i gotta tell you your lake is kind of it's one of my bucket list lakes you know there's a few there's some down in argentina i always hear about i want to hit and yours is definitely one in north america for uh, you know for the bucket list tell us a little bit about fortress lake and kind of where you're situated Okay, well, Fortress Lake basically um, is about, we'll say, 60 kilometers southwest of the town of Jasper, but it's in the BC side. It's right on the border. It's kind of a unique little place. It's in uh, what's called Hamber Park. It's a provincial park, but it's nestled in between uh, a bunch of uh, national parks, uh, Jasper, Yoho, and Kootenai, all surrounded. And um, Fortress Lake itself is kind of a unique little valley uh, especially for the mountains because it runs east and west. So we get the um, the morning sun, we get the setting sun. It's, uh, you know, most mountain valleys run north and south, ours runs east and west. So it's a kind of unique little place. Uh, the lake itself is 11 kilometers long and uh, about a, roughly a kilometer wide. Its deepest is around that 350 feet. Um, but the edges, you know, 50 to 75 feet, you know, and then it goes down. It's, it's a very sharp valley all June long. When you're fishing up there, you can float along and just watch avalanches come almost right down to the lake. It's uh, very unique. So surrounded by glaciers, uh, lots of 10,000 foot peaks. It's a very, very unique little place. Well, I can only speak to the pictures that I've seen. And I got to tell you, it's one of the most stunning uh, beautiful, beautiful blue, aqua blue lakes in a mountain setting I've ever seen. What, what kind of elevation are you guys at up there? Okay, yeah, so Fortress is, sits at 1,400 meters, roughly 4,400 feet. Um, people that are familiar with uh, Emerald Lake outside a field, it's almost identical at elevation as Emerald. In fact, Emerald, because you can drive to it, that's what we watch uh, to see when the ice goes off Emerald, and we know it's off a of Fortress because they're almost identical. Tell me a little bit about the fly fishing, because I know you got some world-class brook trout fly fishing, don't you? Yeah, well, it is, uh, again, it's very unique. Um, it, it was a barren lake, so Fortress Lake dumps into what's called Wood River. Uh, Wood River then dumps into Kin Basket, and then, of course, to 
the Pacific. But uh, it was a barren lake. And in the 30s, late 20s, early 30s, uh, the Jasper uh, Park Rangers went in there and stocked it with eastern brook trout. And that's what's been in there ever since. They restocked it, I've been told, in the early 60s. And it's been self-sustaining ever since. And um, it's, uh, like I say, there's nothing else in there but brook trout. So they're all by themselves. They have uh, no predators. Uh, generally, uh, we are the only uh, tour operator in there. And uh, so if uh, our, our guests, uh, we top out at 10. Uh, we don't go past 10. So uh, generally, people are there, six or eight guests, and you have the whole lake to yourself. So it's an uh, amazing fishery. The largest recorded brook trout out of Fortress, it was 11 and three quarter pounds. Now I've heard heavier ones, but that's uh, the heaviest recorded one that I know of. And the world record, uh, if you go on the internet and look at it, it has varying differences, but the world record is 14 and a half pounds caught in 1915 in Ontario. So uh, they're right up there and I'm sure they're in there somewhere down deep, just got to get to them. Yeah, that's, you know what, the one thing that I have read and heard about is those fish that were originally stocked there were from incredible uh, breeding stock. That's correct, yes. That's uh, Nipigon, is that the... Uh... That's correct, yep. Okay, perfect. So I'm just trying to picture in my mind, Granger, a lake that size, you're kind of in the middle of nowhere, if you will, and only six or eight people on it. That's just, that's another level. It is, it is, it, it's... Um... There's no words to explain it. Like I said, uh, the first time I was ever there was three years ago. And after that first fishing trip, I said to myself, I have to buy this place. It was up for sale at the time. Right. And it's taken me three years. I put together a couple other partners and uh, we we just purchased it this year. It's going to be our first year operations, but uh, it's a phenomenal place. And once you're there, you're just in love with it. It's, It's no words to explain it. Yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I'm trying to even picture, like you mentioned Emerald Lake. Now that's beautiful on its own right, but there's people there. You know what I mean? There's so, people there. Exactly. Yep. And not that, not that we don't like people, but believe me, when you're, out in the, <laughs> when you're out in the middle of nowhere with a fly rod in your hand, you're casting for five, six, seven, eight, nine pound brook trout. I, I don't know that it gets any better than that. No, and then the resort, uh, the previous ownership has done a, an amazing job. The, the resort originally was opened um, early 80s. By a fellow by the name of Mike Ferreris. He lives in Golden. Great guy, super guy. And uh, he originally opened it, uh, a few little wall tents, and uh, carried on from there. Um, over the years, it's been updated and updated. Uh, the, the previous ownership that we bought it from, a fellow by the name of Kevin Smith, has done an amazing job at that place. He's put in some yurts, and uh, we have an uh, amazing shower yurt, so a full shower facility. Um, you know, uh, flush toilets, you know, this is not roughing it, uh, full shower or kitchen yurt, uh, full dining room yurt. And then all the sleeping quarters are all, um, solid wall tents. Uh, so, so wood, wood walls with tent roofs, which is the only thing that's allowed, uh, in Hamburg park. You can't have a fixed roof in there. That's another thing we should probably point out too. It's strictly catch and release too, isn't it? Well, yes and no. Okay. Now the, the lake itself, is uh, it follows the BC guidelines, which you can keep fish. Um, and we do keep the odd one, but we do promote catch and release to, to keep a, a good, 
good supply on the stock, you know, and not deplete it. And it, it, we do take the odd shore lunch and, of course, uh, you know, a few little meals on uh, at the camp. And so we do keep the few fish, but uh, yeah, it, we, we do promote the catch and release big time. Uh, you know, as it, it goes, the odd fish does get harmed during angling. So, you know, it is harvest. Yeah, you know what? I appreciate your honesty in that because it's true. A lot of us don't like to talk about it. It happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but it must be, a, it sounds like a self-sustaining, obviously, lake. If it's only got, it was originally stocked back in the 30s. I mean, you, you've got, you must have uh, some, some streams and whatnot that the fish successfully reproduce in. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's of course, all glacier fed. So uh, June and July, it's got that uh, white glacier milk in it. Um, however, that doesn't really hamper the fishing because uh, it's only a couple feet deep, so you just got to get below. Carotiments are just amazing, and it's just their, their bellies are just full of them. So it's, it's, it's crazy fishing at that time of year. What, what, what color carotiments are you using up there for the most part? You know, the ones that seem to work the best, and I can't figure out why, is uh, the little uh, white cone head, uh, black bodies, uh, the, the tiny little ones, you know, 12, 14s, uh, they, they, they're just nuts. Uh, and I think it's basically because they don't see a lot of hooks. Right. They don't see a lot of flies. And, uh, you know, anything that gets familiar to them, they're all over it. Of course, uh, beadhead woolly buggers, uh, crazy black beadhead woolly buggers just crazy now are you allowed to take boats on the lake yes uh, we have a full supply of 12 and 14 foot boats uh, with 9.9 motors Uh, that's the only uh, motors that are allowed in the park it's a non-motorized park of course so those are the only motors allowed and we do have permission to have the 9.9 so uh, every guest gets a boat two per boat and uh, we uh, we we run on a uh, semi-guided, if you want to call it. Uh, we're, we're not there looking over your shoulder. We feel it's not imperative for us to look over your shoulder, but we are on the lake all day long and, uh, you know, giving people right. hints and guides. And, uh, of course, there's um, there's four main creeks that flow into the lake, and uh, those creeks are crazy. Uh, you just A lot of guys will just anchor right there. I know myself. Uh, Washout Creek and Fortress Creek, uh, they're just nuts. You can just stand there all day long and fish. It's just goofy. You don't have to go anywhere else. Wow. So uh, brookies, naturally being a char, are a uh, fall-time spawner. So in the fall, do they do they move up into those creeks to do their thing? Yeah, basically into the Wood River on the far west end. And uh, that's that's their spawning area. Now, of course, um, Hamburg, or the BC Fishery, sorry, has put... Um, uh, a ban on fishing. Uh, it's only open from July 1st to uh, September 1st at, in, the, in, the wood, in the Wood River. Um, of course, uh, there is a, a small little window when you can get into the river. And we do take guests up into the river and, uh, you know, in July and August. It's, it's pretty phenomenal. Granger, if somebody wants to, to book a trip at your amazing resort, how do, what's the best way to go about doing that? Okay, the best thing is just www.fortresslake.com. It'll bring you to our website, and, uh, you know, everything's there. So maybe you can tell us how, how they would get there. That's that's one thing I'm curious of. It's, is, is it fly-in only? Yeah, you bet. There is. There is uh, it's 24 kilometers. Uh, if anybody's familiar with Jasper, uh, they'll know uh, Sunwapa Falls. Okay. Uh, it's 24 kilometers from Sunwapa Falls to hike in. Wow. Uh, however... In 2014, there used to be a bridge uh, 
Jasper National Park had put a bridge in years and years ago across the Athabasca, but that bridge got washed out. And they have no... We, we've been talking with uh, Parks Canada about putting a new bridge, but they don't seem to be real interested in redoing it. So at this time, there is no bridge. So that, of course, the Athabasca is not a pretty thing to try to cross on foot. I'm thinking that it doesn't hurt the fishing either. <laughs> no. <laughs> so at one time, with the previous ownership, there was a few hike-ins, like not a lot, but there are a few hike-ins that would come in and go fishing. But again, that just brings you to the east shore and hiking around the lake on the shoreline is very difficult to say the least. It's very steep. So um, basically our our tours uh, run, we run with helicopters. We do offer right now from Hinton and Calgary, uh, either or. And uh, it's all on helicopter. We fly everybody in. And we're running uh, four and five day packages and an eight day package. So basically, we fly on Fridays and Mondays. That's that's real convenient, though. It's pretty easy to get to Calgary. I mean, that's a pretty big airport. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, either Calgary or Hinton. Hinton is uh, the reason Hinton was uh, originally uh, pegged on is it's uh, very convenient for weather. Uh, we never miss a weather day because they can fly the road straight down to Sunwapa Falls, straight up to Athabasca, and they're into the lake. If the weather's clear, straight over top of the glaciers, it's the most picturesque ride you're ever going to see. Sounds beautiful. So if you book a trip in there, that that that's, all that information is provided, I assume, Granger? Yeah, you bet. It's all on the website there, and uh, you know it's, it's up to the person if they want to fly out of Calgary or Hinton at this time. We are working on other uh, arrangements in the future, but at this time, that's our two. Something that really strikes me is I really do treasure brook trout fisheries because there's 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 not as many of them. I mean, let's face it in in the in the in British Columbia and uh, even in uh, in Alberta, we're mainly fishing for for brookies, aren't we? Or sorry, for rainbows. Yeah. And when you get a when you get a gem like that, you, we really got to treasure that for sure. Oh, for sure. And and they're uh, a very different fish, like. Uh, where I live in eastern BC here, uh, uh, bull trout are our big one, you know, our, our big magical fish. And, of course, cutties and, and bull trout. And the bull trout are a great fish. I mean, they're, 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 they're tough and they're like little torpedoes and they pull you all over the place. Uh, the difference in these brook trout, especially in this lake, is they become, they, they grow like footballs. They don't get real long but they get like footballs and strong and they will just drag you down. You think you got a bloody shark on. That's awesome. So you're obviously an avid fly fisherman. Do you tie yourself? You bet. You bet. Uh, myself and my, one of my other partners, uh, Ken Jones, he's a uh, avid uh, fly fisherman all his life. And he ties a lot of flies. He actually tying up a bunch of flies as we speak for our um, incoming guests this year, We're providing each guest with a little, tackle box with uh, a few uh, of our favorite flies for the place and uh, he does all of those himself he's doing them all up now he's just about done for the season so nice. that's, a, that's a nice touch so if you're at the bench right now what would you be tying up for uh, fortress lake well to be honest with you my favorite is uh dead woolly buggers and the bigger the better uh they just love them they're, they're just crazy what color black <laughs> I'm not sure what it is about black there, but it is whereas you know where I am on the Elk River here, it's green. You know they they love the olive, right? Uh, but out there, it's black. I'm not sure what it is, but that's the one that really works. Well, those glacial waters, I think black really stands out. They see it. It seems to, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. So, you got any crazy fish stories for me uh, over the 
not even necessarily from Fortress Lake, just as your, uh, you know, your fishing career, anything that's happened to you on the water that's memorable and bizarre, something like that? Well, i got a lot of them, but as they say, you know, when in Vegas, it stays in Vegas, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, you know, one of my favorite one is, uh, like from Fortress and as I were talking about Fortress is I was up there one time and I had a buddy of mine up there and he's not an average fly fisherman, but he came along, uh, just because he likes to get out and, uh, get away. Anyhow, he's sleeping on the, on the bank. It's a beautiful sunny day and I'm at uh, washout fishing. I'm standing about, uh, up to my waist in water and it's freezing, freezing cold water, but it, it's just catching fish and just can't stop. Anyhow, I hooked into this brookie, and I don't know how big he was. I really don't know to this day, but he was dragging me all over, and I'm fighting this thing, and I'm trying to yell at my buddy, you know, wake up, get over here, give me a hand, get the net. And he came in right into shore, went around my legs three times and in between my legs, tangled me up, tripped me over <laughs> underwater, and of course he got loose and buggered off. But uh, And meanwhile, Gary uh, did wake up finally and stood there and went, what do you want? <laughs> that sounds about right. Oh, but this thing, I'll tell you, you know, he tangled me up. I think he knew what he was doing. And, uh, wow. and just, uh, you know, he spit the hook out after he got me tangled up, spit the hook and took off, laughed at me and buggered off. What's your personal uh, best on Fortress? Well, it, I never carry a scale, of course, and only do, you know, rudimentary measurements. I don't like to keep them out of water very long, but uh, my just a good guess was close to six pounds that's a nice fish that's a very nice fish but again you know i'm doing these rudimentary measurements and i'm not right. that particular about how i'm doing it i never carry a scale so it's tough to to really know unless you really take good measurements and i hate keeping these things out of the water so very long so yeah a good six pounder but i mean it, it, they're they're a different six-pounder than, than most lakes, and they're a different six-pounder than, than rivers. You know, it depends upon where you fish a lot. It's all different. Well, every everybody I've talked to and everything I've read has indicated that your average fish size is not far off that. That's correct, and, and that's very true. You know, three, three to five pound, you, you catch them all day long. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, and it, it is. You know, and that's without trying. That's, the beauty of the place is it's, it's, it's not rocket science. It's a little bit of patience. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not trolling around. We don't, we, we, we don't try to promote too much trolling. Trolling does work, but uh, it's uh, basically there's um, 20, 30 really good places to, to try to hit. And I mean, fish, it's in the lake. They're moving all the time anyhow. So you can sit and uh, fish, and you're going to catch them, and uh, they're all over the place. I'm trying to imagine this in my mind, Granger. So you're because I, mean, I know how clear that water is. So are you sight fishing, almost like bone fishing for these fish, or are you just fishing the likely areas? Well, from from mid August to the end of September are closing. Um, <clears throat> it's really good sight fishing. So then you can start. Uh, you know, they do come up for dry flies, some big stimulators, and um, even had luck with uh, uh, Royal Coachman, believe it or not. But uh, mice patterns, big mice patterns. I've got a buddy of mine in uh, Creston who ties. I'm not a good mouse pattern guy, but uh, he ties mice patterns, and they're they're amazing. And uh, I have my cat chase them around the house. And uh, I'll tell you what, these brookies, they they're, they're crazy for them. They come right up and nail them off the surface as fast as you can strip that thing. They're after it. Eh? 
Well, I mean, those are classic brook trout flies. Like oh, I'm talking yeah. Labrador brook trout. You know what I'm talking yep. about? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. So <clears throat> um, I'm curious. I'm going to do a bit of a 360 on you. What What did you do for previous career? Have you always been in the outdoors in the fishing industry? What, what's your What's your background? Well, my background, I've been in the oil industry all my life, uh, mostly construction. And um, it's, uh, we, I uh, grew up in the prairies in Alberta. And uh, we raised our family there. And once both our kids were graduated, I said, well, I've had enough with the prairies and we're moving to the mountains, which we always were going to all the time. And I uh, just didn't want to uproot the kids. So we've been in, uh, we've been in BC now for 15 years. And uh, I've been an avid fly fisherman, you know, most of my adult life. And uh, it's just uh, everything outdoors. And uh, I can't get away from the oil industry fast enough to get to the outdoors. What made, I'm curious, what made you make that transition? It, it sounded like you went to the place and you said, wow. And, and then, and then. Maybe, the fortress? Yeah. Yeah. Just give me the yeah. history on that. Well, basically, you know, I've, I've done some salmon fishing in the ocean. The wife and I have gone there before two times, actually. And I mean, we enjoy it. Um, we've gone a few different fishing trips. And I mean, I live right beside the Elk River. So I mean, when I want to fish the Elk River, I can just walk down the river. I'm three blocks from the Elk River. Uh, it's, it's amazing fisheries. And uh, I love fishing, love fly fishing. And I wanted to go somewhere different. So I found this uh, place and I went there three years ago and I just said, I got to have this. So it's taken me three years to, to get the group together to do it, but um, finally did do it. That's awesome. It's it's neat to see a dream like that come through when you see it and you can make that, you know, you can realize that there's something to be said. Hey, I'm curious, who's the most influential person in your fly fishing that you've learned from over your, your, your history? I do. When I moved here, I wasn't much of a fly fisherman, to, to, to tell you the truth, when I moved here 15 years ago. But I did meet a lot of locals and uh, one fellow here, uh, he's kind of took me under his wing and just a local fellow, but he's been fly fishing all of his life, and uh, I don't think he's had a spin rod in his hands probably for 40 years. So he pretty much is uh, has been my mentor all the way along in fly fishing and in tying, and uh, he's a really great guy. He lives in Creston now. He, he moved from here to Creston, but uh, great guy. What's his name? Oh, Vic Schultz, sorry. Vic Schultz, okay. Yeah. So he probably fishes all around that crest. There's some great fishing out that country too, isn't there? Yeah, you bet. He kind of grew up in Creston, but they moved uh, here to Elkford when he was uh, a young teenager and been here most of his life, and now he's back in Creston again. Well, I don't have a lot of sympathy for you having to put up with the elk until you can get to uh, paradise. <laughs> well, unfortunately, the elk is closed right now. It closes March 31st, so I am kind of chewing my fingernails off here. If I really get the hankering, I can go to Alberta and fish crow's nest. It's open right now. Nice, nice. Okay, I, I, one other thing. I, getting back to the resort, so I, I I'm trying to picture somebody heading out there for uh, beautiful scenery, some amazing fishing. Uh, what what? Tell us a little bit about the food that they can expect up there. Okay, well we have the uh, a full culinary chef. Uh, he's probably I think Philip's got somewhere around that thirty years experience. A great guy, a great chef. All every all breads are homemade. All desserts are homemade right up in there. Um, just about. I mean, you can't want for anything from uh, from Philip. It's uh, it's not a buffet. It's all sit down. It's all um, 
served food, no buffet. And uh, it's very casual, but uh, you definitely want nothing for food. Hmm. Yeah, and it sounds like it's pretty healthy too, which is a good thing. Oh, you bet. Yeah. No, Philip is all over it. We, uh, when people book, we give them a full, uh, a full form to fill out on their uh, dietary needs or wants, and we try to accommodate whatever we can. So, what about the hiking trails in the area? Yeah, no, they are amazing, and that's something we're trying to push. We do have a few groups booked in this year for hiking. Um, the hiking is phenomenal. Uh, straight out of the resort uh, is what's called Chisel Peak. You go right up Chisel, Chisel Creek, you follow it up, and uh, you can get right up on top of the peak. It's about a four- to five-hour hike. Uh, very good hike. Uh, gets up to almost 11,000 feet. And it's just just phenomenal. And I mean, you're right on top of the glacier, and that's that's straight out of the resort. Uh, there's a few others. Uh, you know, you take the boat across. You can go up Washout, uh, right into this plateau. It's a big alpine plateau, uh, huge. And there's a couple small little lakes up there. They're barren lakes, no fish in them, but a few little small lakes up there. And uh, it's it's just yeah, the hiking is endless there. What about what about clothing for this trip? I assume you guys are running basically basically June through October, something like that. That's correct. Yeah. And so what 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 would one pack for uh, for clothing? Well, you got to pack for and and on the website we have a, a real uh, um, information package in there. But basically, it's mountain weather, so you got to pack for just about anything. Um, July and August are are fairly warm. Uh, but it can get windy and it can get rainy as it does in the mountains. June, September, of course, you got to pack for cold. It does get cold, can get down to freezing. Uh, so you got to pack warm, got to pack for wind, and then you got to pack for really nice days. So <laughs> you get all of the, all of, all of the above. Well, that's what I love about the high alpine. You get a little bit of everything on any given day, don't you? Oh God, I'll tell you. You know. The very first time I was ever in there was the first work week of June, and it was brutally cold. It was like zero, and it was two or three above for the first couple of days. And I thought, oh, what a miserable, bloody place. And then it cleared off, and it was, you know, we were in shorts and T-shirts for the next three days. And it was just phenomenal. You know, it just, and but the fishing was good when it was windy and cold, too, you know, so... The fishing never stops. The fish still eat. You just got to be able to dress for the weather. Right? What about fly fishing uh, gear, Granger? Are are you bringing floating lines, sinking lines? What's your what's your choice of uh, uh, gear? Okay, well, uh, basically, you know, uh, you need both. Uh, we recommend you bring uh, uh, the floating line for the cottamins, you know, and uh, you know, the, and the, of course, uh, full sinking line, the 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 best or the fastest sinking line you can get. And uh, for for streamers and you know the woolly buggers and it's uh, it's whichever one you're going to be fishing, but you need to bring both. Um, you know it all depends upon the time of day, morning, big time on the crotomints. You know I, I always use my floating line and uh, get a little little crotomint on there and just uh, they're, they're just nuts the goofy buggers. And uh, so you're fishing strike indicators with them. You bet. You bet. Yeah. Yeah. And you can do it. Uh, my one buddy, he uh, he refuses to use an indicator. He says that's cheating. So, and he catches just as many fish as I do. So it's you know it's up to your own preference. And uh, yeah, 
We have a full range of uh, kayaks there along with the boats. Uh, we have some pontoon boats if you prefer just to go out and float around. Uh, we even have some paddle boards if you want. So, yeah, there's a full range of stuff to do, and uh, it's uh, it's just a great little place. Well, and that's that's kind of what struck me is if you're, you say your partner's not into fishing, well, th- there's no shortage of things to do. I mean, the sightseeing alone is unbelievable, wouldn't it be? Oh, goodness, yes. Uh, it's uh, crazy. Photography, you know, if you're into photography, it's never-ending. It's kind of a goofy topic to talk about, but uh, our both of our bathrooms uh, probably the most incredible scenery because they both look straight up onto a glacier. And uh, just the bathroom themselves sitting there looking out is the most amazing scenery you've ever seen. <laughs> you, don't, you don't hear that every day. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, I've been uh, sitting there and watched avalanches come down. It's it's just goofy. Wow. How's the snowpack up there right now? Pretty, pretty, well, it's probably like the rest of the province. Yeah, there was a lot. We were, like I say, we were up there in mid-February and there was, there was lots. When we landed with the helicopter, we had to push the door open because we sunk right into it. So Yeah, but she comes fast. The season comes fast, doesn't it? Before you know it, you'll be looking at June and you'll be up there. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're only three weeks away from going up there, so. That's awesome. So, hey, uh, Granger, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today i really appreciate it hey thanks for uh calling thanks for inviting me and uh you know it like i say uh it's uh it's a crazy place um very few people have been there and uh very few people will be there you know and like i say you're always by yourself basically you know you've got the lake to yourself I think anytime you fish a water too that hasn't seen the fishing pressure sometimes you don't realize how easy the fishing can be you bet and i mean it's not that it's so easy but it's 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 there you know it's uh and you know it, it it's like any fishery it, uh, the the opportunity to get skunked is still there but it's pretty tough yeah sounds good to me so i encourage you to check out their website that's the way i found you and i'm sure a lot of people do fortress lake wilderness retreat uh thanks again to granger bertrand Thanks for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you would like to hear on the show. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water.